Yeah, hey, you tell them heaven is my destination. Until I reach there, I'm teaching this kingdom education. Hey, don't be scared to lay your hands on the sick. And don't be scared to cast the devil out quick. Cause your obedience will unlock a miracle, though. Don't act hysterical, radical, born again fully. This is the Gospel Unbroken podcast with Kevin and Alex. Let's awaken the lion. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Gospel Unbroken. I'm Kevin, and we are so blessed to have Alex back in the house. What is up, dude? Oh, you know, just busy trying to get through the backside of the holidays as you start packing everything away, putting things up, working. Um, But I got this next week off, so good. Everything is going well. Um, How are you? I'm good, man. All all is good. We uh you know, if I if I cough a little bit, I apologize. We're on the tail end of of the sickness. The plague has hit my household, but we are on the mend. Uh how was the holiday? How was the birth of Jesus? How did you do with seeing your testimony on the big screen? Well, um watching it for the first time uh is very emotional. Um, but also, you know, right before we went into that service, I, uh, called my, uh, my dad and, uh, told him that I forgive him. It was pretty, pretty emotional. Um, you know, you're trying to, this is a guy who likes to talk and rather be heard than to listen always. Now we're talking about your biological dad. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. So he likes to talk rather than to listen that if that's just that's a perfect world for him. Everybody listens to him, and he doesn't have to listen to anyone. So this is a difficult, right? It's like, hey man, like I need you to stop talking. I need you to listen. <laughs> so we had this uh, little conversation. I basically just told him that I forgive him, and you know, I you know I I pretty much just said, you know, you're you weren't hurting, and he's acknowledging, you know, no, I wasn't. You know, I'm like, I got I got that. I was like, but I was so. I need to move forward, so um, I just want you to know that I forgive you, and no no hard feelings here, um, just moving on. Now, what does that look like now? Uh, not much has changed. He hasn't really reached out since, but um, it's, it's done. That um, part is kind of closed, but, you know, there's still days where I uh, still have to remind myself to forgive him, so... Um, but that's just part of the journey. How, how did that, how did that feel in the moment? You know, how did, did, what, I mean, I guess, was there like a, did you feel like a weight lifted off your shoulders or is it just like a, not a letdown, but just like, like, man, I, I've been waiting all this time to do that. It was more like a big, it was more like a big um, feeling of, there's a lot of emotions, right? There was a lot weighing on me as we're having this discussion. But then it slowly uh, started to ease off as I was like, you know, it's done. Like, we're moving on. So then it felt like it was just all of it was just coming off. Like, almost like you were under this pressure and then it's gone. Kind of like when, <laughs> it's funny, I don't know why I just thought of this. It's kind of like when you're getting your 
molars removed, you got all that pressure and then bam, it's gone yeah. you know, when the dentist is done. But that's what it felt like. It was like immense uh, pressure, emotional pressure um, just coming down on me. And then um, after it was over, you know, I cried a little bit, a lot of bit. And then um, it just felt like it was, it was over. Um, but it felt good, like in a good way, like, you know, this, um, this is a step in the right direction. Right. So, yeah, it, it feels good. Um, but like I said, I mean, I still got to remind myself some days, like, you know, hey, still got to forgive him. Um, so it's still, um, I say it's done, but it's also the, t- the thing of, too, you know, sometimes it's just remembering to do it uh, more than, uh, or daily, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, that's um dude, that's that's huge, man. That that makes me uh really happy to hear that, you know, cuz that that that's a testament to you know, not only what we've been talking about over the last few weeks, but then um for our church's message to be on that same topic, like that's a testament that God is working in you. Like God is talking to you in whatever way that looks like, but he's, he's clearly calling you to do something and moving. And it's awesome to hear that you obeyed that he called you and you were like, okay, there's a reason that this conversation has came up on the podcast. There's a reason this conversations came up privately. There's a reason that the pastor had this message planned weeks and weeks ahead of time before I ever filmed my testimony. And then to hear that my testimony was literally on the, the subject of forgiveness, like that's divine intervention and God was calling and you, you answered that call. So that is, dude, I love it. Yeah. I will say this though. The biggest thing that stood out to me during that was, um, um, was forgiveness is not losing. Cause that was, that's honestly, I think that was the biggest thing, right? Like if I forgive you, I, I lost. Um, that's how I felt on the inside. I don't really tell a whole lot of people about that part, but that's, that was probably the thing that I think helped me back the most. So after listening to the message, it was really good to resonate with that moment of that, of, you know, it's, you didn't, you didn't lose. You just, it's not a win lose situation. Um, but that's how I felt honestly. So, but I, it, it's good. I'm, I'm happy about it and it, I feel better. I feel like it, it also has helped me um, also just uh, read my Bible a lot uh, better as well. I mean, I've been I've been reading through the Old Testament and, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on with family and, you know, brothers stealing blessings from another brother. You know, dad's being like, well, sorry, I already gave it to your brother. So, yeah. you know, you're, there's a lot of that going on, right? Um, so in the sense that reading some what I've been reading through Genesis and Exodus it, it, a lot of that just kind of you know festered that up too um so because it does it did feel like losing right I mean you know I would imagine Esau felt the same way when his brother stole his blessing like oh I lost you know how can I forgive you um so yeah I mean it, it did it helped me um kind of read it a little bit more clearly and then I started to realize that there are other things that um, uh, when you're trying to study the word is uh, the other things that happen in your life can kind of hinder what is there in front of you so with that being said you know it's it's a battle right it's 
it's more spiritual than you think. Yeah. So, but I did definitely helped with that portion of what was going on. Um, not only in my time with God, but in my personal life. So it's so interesting. You know, we are, Oh, we are not very different from each other. Um, because again, that's, that's one thing that like you, I don't, I didn't tell anybody, I don't talk to anybody about, but when it came, comes, still is to forgiving the person that molested me, like that is, that is the forefront feeling that I have. Like, no, why do you get to win this battle? I mean, dude, I've had that conversation in my head so many times and never talked to anybody about it. And I don't think I ever really recognized it until Pastor Brian kind of put that up there and I was like, man, I, the, I, wow there's that part of me that's like yeah if i forgive you that means you win and i don't agree with that and but the truth is like brian said is forgiving's not losing we're not losing there like you said it's not a lose win battle and if anything i think forgiving like you're actually winning because that's gonna that's drawing you closer to the obedience of god which ultimately is is a win a hundred percent. Um, how you get there in uh, your in the situation is different for everybody. So you you definitely have to um, find that it, it it's a huge sense of relief. Honestly, like I said, um, um, this would as you read your Bible, you're you're gonna see more of that too. As you go throughout, you're gonna see more of, um, you know family betraying family, you see a lot of that. Um, so, you know, it does affect you. It does get, in the back of your mind, it's there. You know, I mean, it, you know, um, the, the Old Testament, it's pretty wild when you get in there. Like, you're like, whoa, like, this is going on, that's going on. You're like, man. So it's a lot of family stuff that goes on in there. So, um, but, you know, you see a lot of a forgiveness in there, too. Um, so you just got to look for it, you know, because um, there, you know, there's a lot of stories about, you know, it's talking about, you know, people, humans, just like you and me that make mistakes, that struggle with um, the same things we struggle with. They're just different times. Um, so you can get there. Um, you just got to dig deep. It's not easy. I, I will say it's not easy. It was very difficult. Um, but I, like I said, I feel much better. That's awesome. All right, man. So we, we talked a little bit, uh, before this and I have something that has been, uh, I guess you could say it's been eating at me. I've been giving it a lot of thought and I've asked a few people about it and, you know, kind of got varying responses, um, and I, th- you know, I was like, you know, this would be an awesome thing to talk about. It might shed some light. It may ruffle some feathers. I don't know. But I, we're gonna we're gonna dive into it for you guys' information. I did not prep Alex because I want a genuine, authentic <laughs> response to this. So here's what I did. I gave Alex a piece of paper. I'm gonna read you. Some attributes. And I want you to tell me who I'm describing. Okay? Eternal. 
There's no, no mother, no father, no beginning, no end. It's just always been. Immutable. Does not change. Time essentially stands still. Omnipresent. It's everywhere at the same time. Omniscient. Knows everything. All right. So, with those attributes, who am I describing? My first thought was the Trinity. Okay. Father, Son, and Spirit. Okay. Is that, that's your, that's what you wrote? I mean, that's, that's what came to mind. I didn't write anything. I wrote what you said and then. Okay, that's fair. That's what I, what came to mind. Okay. So now I'm going to read you some other things. And this is probably where you're going to either give me a look or your brain's going to start to ponder. Eternal, right? Santa is portrayed as having a wife, but no mother or father. Santa's always been around. He has no beginning. He has no end. He's immutable. Year after year, on December 24th, he boards a sleigh just as much energy as every year before. Time stands still for him, right? He never ages. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere at the same time. He knows if you've been good or bad. Uh, an engineer did a study like this. You know, he figured out, he said, if you got rid of all the Muslims and everything else, there's 91 million homes that Santa has to visit. In 24 hours, they gave him 24 hours. He would have to visit 822.6 homes per second. He's essentially everywhere at the same time. Again, he knows everything. He knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows when you've been good. He knows when you've been bad. He is apparently qualified to make judgment on whether you've been good or bad. We, we say that Santa is good. He's kind. He's gentle. And we could say that he's good via his authority to be good for goodness sake. What are your thoughts? I don't know. I have to think about that. Mark 10.18 says, No one is good except God alone. So my question is, then, are we diminishing God's glory by sharing in his attributes with Santa Claus? The words of the Apostle James are strong. In James 4.4, you adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. So are we, are we making a friend of the world by going along with Santa Claus? You know, I don't really know how to answer that, but I mean, I see that in, I mean, we, you know, uh, use things um, in the sense to, um, how do I say that? Um, so I guess, here, let, me, let me ask the question a different way. Are we creating an idol in Santa Claus? Are we teaching our children to idolize essentially a makeshift Jesus? Because when we, all those attributes that I listed, right? Those are uniquely God's attributes. 
and yet there is they're very it's we're we're essentially describing Jesus. That's why I asked you if I read these attributes, who what was the first thing that comes to mind? Well, so I mean you'd even have to go back to the origin of Santa Claus. I mean, Santa Claus came from the Catholic Church. Right. Um uh Saint Nick, that's kind of where we got that from. Um also why he wears red, right? Because bishops wore red. Um so that that's a tough question. Um I do not have an answer for that. I don't have a lot for that other than I mean I mean we use a lot of these um holidays and things to to bring people to Christ, right? Like we don't do Halloween but we do fall festival. Right? I mean we do Easter but we you know, recentralize it around, you know, Christ coming out of the tomb. You know, on the third day he rose. So, I don't know. That's a tough question. I think there that is a very um. You would need somebody with some more expertise to really be able to have that conversation. Who could actually speak to it with lots of knowledge? I mean, because we do we we have um, used holidays and changed kind of how they are to fit. Um, what what we believe to to help uh, bring people to Christ? Yes, but I guess I guess I would disagree in the fact that someone with more knowledge. So, if you go back to the Old Testament, the Declaration of Judah or Israel committing adultery against God was directly connected to idolatry, right? So, simply put, the people were unfaithful to God. So, I guess are we are are we dumbing down idolatry to simply apply to statues, altars, and temples that that people worship foreign gods, or is am I am I creating idolatry in my children when I tell them about Santa that this is the guy that knows if you've been good or bad that this is the guy that. He knows when you're asleep or when you're awake. This is the guy that gives good gifts, that he brings happiness, that he has the authority to make the judgment on whether you've been good or bad. Am I blindly or ignorantly creating idolatry in my children? Is my question. In you know, like in Proverbs fourteen twelve, he says, "There's a way which seems right to a man." and appears straight before him, but at the end of it is the way of death. Like, am I creating idolatry in my children's life? Because I know Santa's not real, right? But am I, am I teaching them to worship something false on the day that our Lord and Savior was born? I would, I mean, that's a, I would take it as, are you, are you I don't think my kids worship Santa. I think that they uh, thinks he brings them presents, <laughs> you know, and they want to be good. It's another alternative for them to be good. Um, but I don't, I don't think they're worshiping him, right? They're not going to the church of Santa Claus. You know what I mean? Um, right. So I, I don't really know. 
how to answer that. I mean, realistically, the you know Christmas we celebrated as the birth of Christ, right? Which, in reality, is totally wrong because that's not even his his birthday. <laughs> what do they put? So I believe it's like somewhere in like June or July was the anticipated time of what they deemed as the time that Christ was born. We've just altered it to use it in a way to reach people. Yeah. The, someone sent me a video and that was basically, you know, he's a, a doctor or pastor. I, I don't quite remember basically talking about this and you know, it kind of, it, <laughs> it caught me off guard because if if we put all of our preconceived notions aside and we just think about just simply going off those attributes, it's hard for me personally to say that, well, we're in fact not creating a makeshift Jesus, intentionally or unintentionally, knowingly or unknowingly. I am basically falsely in either my brain or my heart or my children's brain or my children's heart creating a person that is carries the same unique attributes that God has, but it's not God. And then, you know, when he talks about, or am, I, am I dumbing this down to say that it's just worshiping temples and statues and these things like is i guess there's a where's that fine line between worship like okay maybe my children aren't getting down on their knees and you know worshiping this man but i'll be honest the kids because this (laughs) this got sent to me like days before christmas and i I mean honestly dude it kind of sent me for a for a whirlwind and i was talking to callie about it and i said i I don't know what to do. We didn't say that, you know, Santa's not real. We didn't we didn't bring it up because I was like, I need to I need to pray about this. I need to read more on this. I need to, you know, whatever. But we also didn't put Santa's name on any gifts. Right? We didn't do it. And after all the gifts were open, both the kids said, Well, didn't Santa bring me some gifts too? Like not even not even prompted. Like they're already banking on that. That this man is so real that he was gonna bring them gifts. And so that that kinda I guess scared me a little bit. I could see that. <clears throat> I don't know, that's I don't know, I'd have to think more about this. I would need to dive into it myself. I really haven't uh dove into it at all. Um mostly because I mean you know, we just mostly talk about Christmas as the birth of Jesus. Um, I mean, yeah, we, you know, you know, is Santa coming? That that question always comes, you know. Um, lots of, of questions along those lines in regards to, is he coming? Uh, do you think I've been good? You know, I, I think my kids have been pretty good. Um, they're not perfect, but, you know, I think they're, they're doing well. Um, but, I don't know, I'd have to kind of dig into that some more. I mean, because, I mean, people could flip the script on you real quick on that when you say that because the same could be said about your favorite football team. Oh, for sure. 
because uh, I'll tell you right now, I love me some Alabama Crimson Tide. And um, and I could see how they could defend that against me 100%. But, um, yeah, I'd have to, to look into it some more because um, I don't really um, know how to approach that in its fullness um, because the most important thing is to make sure everything aligns with what the Bible says, what God says about it. Um, you know, I th- think there's some more information I need for myself to be able to answer that question that I don't have. Okay. So here's the good part. That's where I was as I'm listening. This was like a, this is like a 45 minute long video. And this is, this is kind of where I'm at. And then he hits you with the punchline. And he says, I'm going to paraphrase this because I don't know that this is exactly how he said it. But he said, let's, let's forget everything that I just talked about. So let's forget the last 28 minutes of our conversation, whatever. You know. And he says, what does God's word say about lying? And then he, he pauses for a minute and he says, do you think that it's okay that we knowingly and willingly participate on the day that our Savior was born in a lie to our children? Do you think that's okay? And that was the punchline that was like, hmm, it's not wrong. No, I wouldn't say he's wrong. <clears throat> Uh, brings up a, a good point, you know, in regards to the part about lying. Absolutely. Um, but I still don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think I have enough for myself to answer a question like that. Which is exactly why we didn't make any decisions, but I, it was, it, it was very convicting for me in a way that like it, it made me ponder and made me think about it, and it it had me, you know, diving in and like, man, am I? And I mean, I don't have the answers. Like, this is just a this is just a discussion. Like, I I don't have the answer, but it it did. It made me dive into like, well, am I a willing participant in creating idolatry in my children? Because if that's the case, then I am one hundred percent wrong. But I don't know if that's truly the case or not um i mean i'll put it like this i grew up believing in santa right um i thought he was real but also knew some very fundamental things about christmas um which was that it's to celebrate the birth of christ to spend time with family and to um to basically to share a a, a joyous day with family and a lot of it was more focused around Celebrating the birth of Jesus. Yes, they're like, ooh, gifts, and that's about the only time anybody talks about Santa. And then that's where it ends. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I mean, eventually your kid's going to grow up and realize that there isn't a Santa, and I don't think they're going to be like... Right, they're going to find out. ...devastatingly angry at you and tell you that you're a liar and they hate you, and how could you have lied to them for 14 years or 16 years? Like, 
Yeah. I never had that. I was just like, oh, got it. He's not real. Cool. And move on. So that's kind of why I, I just don't have a lot of answers to that. Because, I mean, to me, <clears throat> I mean, Santa was real until a certain age, and then he wasn't. And then I just moved on. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, I guess I just, I, like I said, I got to that question. I was like, man, am I right now in this moment, what I'm doing, am I, is this completely wrong in the eyes of God? Because in, you know, in the Bible, idolatry is a very serious offense to God. He's a very jealous God. It's a very serious thing. So, like, based on that, that alone, like, that really got me thinking, like, man, if I'm wrong about this, I'm really wrong. I mean, I I even think of, like, Easter is the same way. Like, I would, I thought the the bunny bunny was real for a long time, and then I realized, oh, he's not real. And then, but then again, the center of it wasn't the Easter bunny, and Easter, the center of it was, um, you know, we're celebrating, you know, Christ being uh, buried and, and raised from the dead. So, like, here I am 30 years later, and I don't really associate Easter that way. It, it's To me, it's just more for the kids to have something to do. And I think that's kind of a lot of, like, holidays. You know, we're giving them something to, to do. You're creating activities, you know. Um, now we all get together and we go hunt eggs, right? Um, fall festival, we all go gather candy and dress up in costumes. And then, you know, it's like once out of the year, right? It's like, all right. To me, we just created something for them to do. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a interesting way to look at it, but also. Like, is it a stretch? You know, like I, I, I'm right in that middle. You know what I mean? Like, I think the guy's, the guy's big swing in his argument is the attributes, how we describe, and he's his argument is that that is a direct description of who God is. Therefore, you're giving credit to someone who is not God for God's divine attributes, I guess, is, is basically his argument. And then it, he hits you with a lie. I get that with it being like it, it was created to that to be the center, but then it was change to more uh, align with what um, we celebrate it as today, as the birth of Christ. Yeah. But then again, like I said, that like I think it was like June or July is when they said, roughly is when they think he was born. It is actual, yeah. Yeah, it's so it's birthday. like, yeah. And I, <clears throat> and I get it in that sense too, why they do that, right? Because like, you know, um, how many people do you know that don't go to church unless it's Christmas or Mother's Day? Oh, yeah. I mean, serving on serving on the team at Christmas, like there was a lot of faces that never seen before. Yeah, and that's like, all right, awesome, right? Um, if it creates an opportunity to uh, s- spread the gospel, um, then it creates an opportunity to spread the gospel. Um, but I don't think that, like, is the reason I don't it it's just uh yeah something that we we utilize it in uh Christianity to uh spread the word of God yeah I mean I'm I don't say we utilize Santa we utilize Christmas 
the day. Like, yeah, yeah, I think that I think the guy's argument is Santa Claus himself, not the celebration of, of Christmas. Um, yeah, that's a tough one for me because I, I, I mean, Santa is just like in our house is like, is he coming the day before Christmas? And that's like, I guess. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a, I mean, dude, it's a hard one to answer. I mean, I, dude, I asked, I asked Pastor Brian and Dewey about it. I mean, I was like, I need some answers here because the, the guy's explanation was enough to get me thinking. And it was enough to get me like, man, he's, he's got some theological points here that I can't argue. Yeah, but, but I don't that, think you go around and they're like, Santa's watching you right now. I mean, they probably heard that in the song because, you know, that song yeah. you hear every Christmas. And and, yeah, and I mean, I'm sure there's there's some families that do use that like, hey, you better knock that off. Santa's watching you, you know, which is not the case here. You know, we don't, that's that's not here. And that was kind of the, their response. Like, they know he's not real. Um, we still, like, we still go take pictures with Santa. We still, you know, we still do the things. We still watch the movies that have Santa in them. They know he's not real, but, like, it's it's a fun thing to kind of go along with it, which is like, okay, I get that. So I guess do I tell my children, like, hey, this guy's not real, but this is just something we do, kind of like, you know, I was like, ah, I'm sure they'll figure know. that out. Oh, they're going to eventually. Absolutely. I mean, I really hope and I that's kind of where that's kind of how I look at it, right? Like, that's that's exactly how I, I'm going to look at this because it's the same way I've looked at it my entire life. Is all these holidays we like celebrate them and they're exciting and we take pictures, we do dress up for Easter, we do all this fun stuff. But um, you know, like it's for memories for them. You know, they're like, yeah, Easter was fun. We dressed up, you know. Um, Christmas was great. We got new pajamas and woke up in them and then opened presents. And it's like, all right. Cool. And had an awesome breakfast and yeah, the whole nine. Yeah. Like, but, you know, and then I look at me like at myself and say, well, then I figured out that it wasn't. I don't think I necessarily figured it out. I just, you know, came to the. You yeah. just. You I don't do remember figure it, it I, out, but you, it's. It's one of those weird things. You figure it out, but it's like you've always known. Yeah, I don't ever remember like the moment when someone told me. Like, I, I honestly can't like dig into my brain deep enough to be like, oh, yeah, this is when I re- learned that Santa wasn't real. I have no idea when it was. I have no idea. But I think it also did later on in life help me to decipher things too. In the essence of like, is what somebody is telling me true? Yeah. Um, You know, because for years you've, we're told Santa's this guy who comes and delivers presents, but then you come to the realization he's not. And then, you know, um, you're able to kind of decipher that later on in life of things that are not true that someone's telling you, right? Um, you know, who told you that this is the this is the truth? Who told you that? Yeah. Shout right. out Pastor Brian. So yeah, you know, I think of it like that. I don't I don't know. I I said I don't we don't go around Santa's doing all these things. So it's like not like Christmas is this is what Christmas is. We're gonna spend time together, eat together, and sh- uh have some open some presents together, share gifts with one another, celebrate the birth of Christ, and have a good day. We're gonna you know in a sense you're just gonna give each other a bunch of gifts and be happy. 
Yeah. I will say so it was um, just interesting. Sorry, I didn't mean to blast you and put you on the spot, but I was like, "This will be fun." I'm like, no, you're good. I, your I, response was my response, but I was by myself, so now yeah, everybody just, just gets to hear yours. Yeah, I just you know, as I think about it more, I'm like, it it doesn't affect me in any way. Like, like my my oldest daughter knows like father son spirit, and Santa are like those are not. They don't go together. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. It's not. There's not four. Yeah. It's the Trinity. Yeah. Like you said. And that's, you know, and, and she understands that, right? She doesn't associate Santa with her relationship with God. She doesn't associate any of the holidays like that with um, like the Easter Bunny and Jesus. Like those aren't, those don't, like we celebrate them together, but they don't go together. She understands that, like, yeah, and I, I, that's more of there's a clear, crisp difference. Yeah, and that's more of of there's what we're celebrating, and then there's the the tradition. Yeah, that's more of just like discipling your your children, and um, you know, making sure that they understand the difference. And um, for the most part, I would say most kids pretty much kind of like that I've talked to and stuff. They pretty much know the difference. <laughs> like, I don't have to be like, you know, that Santa. And Jesus are not. We celebrate them at the same time, but they're not the same. Or celebrate Christmas. I don't want to say celebrate Santa because we don't celebrate Santa. Right. Celebrate Christmas. Um, some, but some people, I guess, celebrate the coming of Santa. <laughs> yeah. It, it just you know we don't associate them that way, and and I say most kids, but most of the kids that I am around are you know, kids that go to church with us. Um, yeah. Who have awesome parents. Shout out to you parents out there. Um, and they understand that. And so like when I, you know, talk to those kids too, and I hear the the kids talking to each other, they're like, you know, they know that there's a very distinct difference. Um, that, that just, you know, that also gives me hope that, you know, that we're, um, doing good. We're doing, we're doing well. We're, we're helping our children be able to understand the difference, uh, between, uh, things of the world and the things of God. So yeah, I think that that's ultimately, you know, the the goal. And I guess that's the that's where I just I don't know. I I wasn't scared, but I mean it did it had me thinking. I was like, man, am I I don't want to I'm trying to disciple and and be the best father that I can. And I, I, I don't, I want to make sure I'm not creating them to be more like the world and less like Jesus, you know, like that was my, that was my fear. Like, it, yeah, I guess it, it was a fear. Like, am I doing this right? Is this, is this right? Is this wrong? And I guess there's no, there's no definitive answer. I can't open the Bible and it says, thou shall not talk about Santa. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe that's just God's way of preparing you for something that could come later on down the road as the children get older, right? They're going to have questions. Um, so uh, maybe that's just God's way of saying, hey, be, be prepared. There will be more questions. There will be more things that you um, will have to uh, study up and learn about to be able to explain to them uh, the distinct difference in things. Well, and then too, like... Yeah, on that, it in diving into and and 
reading and trying to figure this out, like it took me down the road of like idolatry. And so then there was started to be some like self-reflection, like do I have any, anything like you were talking about football? Is there anything that I've created that would fall into the category of idolatry? Is it, you know, is it self? Is it whatever it is? Like, you know, you start to do some self inventory, like, man, is there some things of the world that I, again, knowingly, unknowingly, willingly or unwillingly, ignorance, whatever it is that I'm idolizing that I need to fix, that I need to ask for forgiveness, that I need to repent, that I need to change. Or there's those things in my life. Like, so that's where like it, I was on the Santa thing, but then it ultimately became that. So then I started, you know, really diving into the idolatry and I just finished the book, uh, Killing Kryptonite by John Prevere. And that's basically what it all is that the, the basically he says the number one spiritual kryptonite that, that kills your spiritual advances, that kills your spiritual growth is idolatry because idolatry is ultimately self. It's self, it's world, it's this, it's taking away from God and putting focus somewhere else. And the thing that he said in the book is, is there anything that comes before God in your life? Like that's the question he asked. Is there anything you do that, and like, here's the truth. Sometimes I wake up in the morning, and instead of reading my Bible, I go to the gym, and I go work out, and then I come home, and I eat breakfast, and then before you know it, it's like, boom, I got to get out the door, and I go to work. So I've totally just pushed my time with God aside for self to go work out. So then I'm like, okay, that maybe not on a huge scale, but I've just taken something that I'm doing and maybe not in the moment, right? Because it's not like I have God calling me to sit down and read this book right now. But at the end of the day, I just pushed time away for all these things. So then I started thinking about that. I was like, well, is that idolatry? I get what you're saying, <clears throat> but I mean, I don't, I don't read my Bible in the morning. It's at night. That's just me though. That's, that's how I do it. I don't, yeah, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. But it's not like you're ignoring it, right? right? Like, if I don't, if I choose not to read it at night and to do something else that I deem more important, you know, then yeah, I would say. Well, so here's the thing. teetering it. But, um, yeah. I mean, you could be teetering it in that essence. But then, I mean, for me, like I said, I, I read at night, like, I know like there's people who read in the morning. I know there's people that read middle of the day, um, but they have a set aside time, right? Um, so they've, they've devoted that time to spending time with God. Well, that's, so here's the situation, right? My time to read the Bible is in the morning. When I get up, I, I, you know, I read it. But when I wake up a few minutes late, I go to the gym instead. So that time I've set aside for God, for my time with it, you know, in his word, I have now pushed to the side because that time, I guess call it what it is, that time in my world has expired now. Now I got to go on and do the next thing. And I got to go on and do the next thing. And so like if I don't circle back around, like is that idolatry? 
I, I don't think so. I mean, you, you got to look at it for more of a... I think you're being really hard on yourself on it. And uh, the reason I say that is, one, you're you're not perfect. You're going to miss days. Oh, for sure. You're going to miss some opportunities. Um, and that's okay. Like, I mean, you're not perfect, so I expect you to miss a day here and there. Um, I expect myself to miss a day here and there. Um, but I also, um, you know, know that I, I don't think you're that's an issue because for the way you're describing it, it it's it brings more of a a burden to you to to forget about it. Like it's heavy on your heart when you forget. For sure. So then it's like it's like hey, it's like you know like you're you're doing okay. Like you missed it. That's all right. You missed the mark. Mm-hmm. But if you hit the mark every time, then what? If you hit the mark every time, then you you'd be Jesus, right? Unfortunately, you're, you know, um, that's not the case. You're not Jesus. So in that sense, it's okay to miss the mark. Um, there are times to be, there are times when we should be really hard on ourselves about certain things. And there's some times that we also have to give ourselves some grace. Yeah. I think I, I started reading that and then you put it under the microscope. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm reading this book and it's, it's a great book. But it's one of those books where then you start to think and it's like, you know, and at the end of each chapter, he's got some like, um, some questions like it, you're supposed to go through it. And at the end of each chapter you do like some notes and this, and it's like, a, a, like you work through it. And so then it is, a, you know, do the self inventory. Is there anywhere, you know, that there's, you've created idolatry in your life. And so then I, bam, I blasted under this microscope and I'm like, oh man, is there, is there? Is there? And this is shortly after getting the whole Santa video. So then I'm like, oh man, am I like, am I the guy sitting here, you know, Lord, Lord. And he's going to tell me, I never knew you, you know? So then it's under the microscope and I'm like, man, so then I get to that and I'm like, man, there's, there's some times that I wake up late and I, that day I just, I don't, I don't read my Bible, you know? And so I don't think it's like a, being super hard on myself, but it was, it was under the microscope. Like, maybe in that, is time, this? in that time you were being hard on yourself, but yeah, it's, it's okay. I, I'll say I read, uh, 13, 14 years ago, maybe. Goodness. When I was like 16, 17, I read a book called radical it's more than 13 years ago, but it's, <laughs> oh, it's a long time ago. Yeah. I read a, a a book by uh David Platt called Radical. Um and it has some stuff in there. I mean, they're talking about like dudes going out on mission trips, you know, like spreading the word of God in like these remote places, like and you're just like, Man, I'm not doing enough. But then again, you know, God may have not have called me to go do that. So now I'm being hard on myself for something that, you know, isn't even in in my wheelhouse at this time, you know. But if, if God says, "Hey, I need you to go do a mission trip," you know, I need you to go do these things, and you know, I need to answer the call, right? Um, but reading the book, I'm like, man, I'm just like being really hard on myself. Why am I not doing more? Why can't I? Why am I? What's wrong with me? Why am I not doing this? Why am I falling short in all these areas, right? Um, but then you know. 
a friend of mine's like, bro, you gotta get yourself some grace because that's not that might not be what you're called to do. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing too about reading. You, you read the more you read, the harder you can be on yourself at times too. But then you gotta give yourself a little bit of grace and you know talk to God and work it out with Him, and He can kind of navigate you to where you need to be. But that whole book made me think that I should be this perfect thing that I can't be, right? A lot of the books that I've read are always talking about strive to be perfect. And that's when you become the hardest on yourself because you're like, everything I read tells me everything, everything tells me that I should strive to be perfect, the impossible. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then you start taking a lot of self-inventories on your, on your what's going on in your life. How do you become more perfect right and then you just beat yourself right and then i think the the trap that i fell into was like idolizing myself because i'm like trying to be perfect and i'm like oh i'm getting this right i'm getting that right i'm doing all these things right you know and it's like no dog you're you're not yeah, hold up a minute yeah but you you can't put yourself into that situation and it's a like a trap we set up for ourselves right like oh fall right into that so yeah it was way back i think one of the like first or second episodes when you had you had made the statement be be careful using the word enough because that's putting a measurement um and i and i love that and so then it you know it goes to like ephesians 2 8 9 what you were just talking about for by grace you've been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it is the gift of god not a result of works, so that no one may boast. You cannot earn salvation through deeds and work. Yeah, can't can't earn it. Like you said, being too hard on yourself, like it, you're, it's not enough. It's not too little. Like, yeah, you know. no, I I I get it. You know, I can tell you right now that everybody that is listening has been there, read a book, thought I was doing all these things wrong, and then did not give myself any grace. And beat myself up for way too long. And then finally came to the realization that, like, that perfect is not in the cards. All right. <laughs> and, I mean, that's that's pretty normal. I mean, like, every book you, you, you read that is going to challenge you in that way is going to definitely put you in a situation, could put you in a situation where you're striving for something that you can't, you can't achieve. Yeah, and then that's where you get some grace from the good old the good Lord, and He, you know, gives you that grace that you need. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, I I've noticed the the more books I read, the harder I am on myself, and I've kind of tried to put myself into like putting these tools in a little box, in a little toolbox of life and, you know, um, trying not to be perfect at them, but apply them when I can. Right. Like, um, for instance, you know, uh, with like with football, like I love football. So I mean, Alabama's my, my team, you know, I, I have missed games. You know, a lot of people would think I never miss a game, but I do miss games. Um, for more important things, you know, Ava has a, a soccer game or has something going on. 
and I will be like, all right, well, I'll I'll check the score on my phone, hundred <laughs> percent. But you know, um, putting those things in in perspective and putting them in um, the priorities that they go, like um, my family comes before the football, you know. So that you know, it's something that you know I used to think was a problem, right? But then, you know, after talking to some folks, they're like, no, I just think you're, you like to watch your team, (laughs) but just don't forget the priorities. Like there are things that come before that. And so, you know, I try to make sure I do that. Um, But then again, it's one of those tools, right? My little tool, my toolbox is, you know, priorities. All right. What are they? Here they are. All right. This is not coming before this. So adjust to make it fit um the priorities of your life um so for me it was like god family alabama, alabama football <laughs> it's not quite like that but it, i would say it, it, there are times it's pretty close it's you know it's, it's up there for me um but then again you know i don't watch football on sunday during church you know that was my that was always my little comeback to myself well at least you're not doing it on sunday Right, yeah. I needed something to kind of build me up a little bit. Boost yourself up. Yeah, so I was like, I ain't doing it on Sunday. And then, you know. Yeah, who's your team? (laughs) You know, it's funny because, um, you know, as I've gotten older, I've met guys who, you know, love NFL and they love watching every game on Sunday, (laughs) never miss a game. And I just think it's kind of funny because um, the way that I was raised was like, on Sunday we got to go to church right so we were like all right so Sundays was not really an option so Saturday was like the option listen I listen I see right through it you're born and raised in Alabama there is no professional Alabama is the team so you just so happen to fall into the category of not having to worry about a Sunday yes it was also convenient it was 100% but but they don't play around with NASCAR in the South. Yes, they do not. They yeah. don't play around with Talladega, and NASCAR happens to come on a Sunday. Yep, and they do watch it. It'll be on TV. You know, it's funny too because a lot of people on on when they have Tal- when they do the Talladega, they um, they'll be like, "I got I got to go after church." They'll be like, hey, "I got to I got to run." Like, what's normally you sit here and you want to talk for like fifteen twenty minutes. Now it's like I got to go right. Oh. It's the race. They're like, Talladega. yeah, the race is on. I, you know, I was recording it. I'm like, you're going to catch the end. Like, I used to do that with Alabama games. And then I'm like, what's the point? I could just watch the highlights. I used to love, I, I used to actually really enjoy watching NASCAR, but I was very smart about it. I'd watch, like, the first 20 laps, and then I'd go do something, and I'd come back and catch, like, the last 20. That's where all the action is, you know? I don't care about everything in the middle. Let me just catch the beginning of the end and we're good. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, I te- I teetered it, I would say, a lot in life, but I think we all teetered at, at certain points in our life and it's in different situations, right? One point it was football, and then at one point it was my career as a Marine. And then, you know, it was um my firstborn because I was like, I don't know what else like firstborn this is like everything revolves around you um so i mean you know I, there was lots of different times and different things but then coming to, a, to 
to the realization of like, hey, priorities, priorities, priorities. Um, where do they fall? You know, um, and that and that just takes time, and you're not, you're not gonna get it right. I mean, I can sit here and tell you all day that God's first, but I can tell you many times that He wasn't first when He should have been. Yeah. When I put something else before it. Yeah. Um, but I'm not perfect. Yeah. And so, I'd give myself some grace and be like, hey, like, you didn't get it right this time, but you know, and you can you can feel it. It's it's heavy on you. So now let's let's correct course correct and move forward. Yeah, I think that's where the separating line is. Like it, you know, this is not a it's not a thing. It's not a pattern. It's not you know, I haven't stopped reading the Bible so that I can work out. It's like a it's a it there's yeah, like you said, there's little waves of it. it's a little line and then it goes back to like you said, it's we can find ourselves in that trap of being hard on ourselves and forgetting the one thing that saved us, and that's God's grace. And like, if He's given it to me, like, I sure as heck can give it to myself. You know, you the should. Creator of everything is giving me grace. Like, who am I to not give myself a little bit of slack? You know. Yeah, I mean, you know, the same extension that you want to give to people you also should give to yourself right like forgiveness you want to extend that to others but you also have to forgive yourself also very difficult at times yeah going back to what we were talking about before yeah so i mean you know you got to give yourself the same thing that you're you know that god's giving you he's giving you grace he's giving you mercy um so you know you got to give that to yourself too you got to forgive yourself just like you would anybody else it's like my wife, man. She always tells me, you need to listen to your own advice. Like, you're really good at saying that, but you should probably do it too, you know, because I often will tell her, like, you know, when she's sick, like she's been saying, like, hey, you just need to rest for a minute. And then here I am, like, hacking, and I'm like, I I'm, I need to go work out. She's like, oh, yeah? Oh, really? Like, you should probably, you should probably listen to yourself. So I think it's funny that, like, that's a hard thing for us to do. You know, like you're saying, you got to, give yourself what you give other people. But oftentimes like that's the hardest thing for us to do is give it to ourselves. You know, we, I was having a conversation with a friend of ours is actually a group text between me, Callie and another friend. And it's the same thing, you know, she's been going through a little bit of a hard time and she's found herself in a, it's a little bit of a situation. And, you know, she ends the conversation. She's like, you know, love you guys. And and I said, I was like, I love you. And like, but you need to, you need to go love yourself. And her response is like, yeah, I'm working on that. You know, so again, it's like, you gotta, you gotta give yourself what you give everybody else. And you, you know, one could even argue like, you gotta be able to give it to yourself first. Absolutely. You do. Um, it doesn't get easier. I mean, I say all the time you should pray about it. And then, like, sometimes I am not the first one to pray about it. I'm, like, the last one to pray about it. But I say that all the time. Um, that maybe, yeah, I should listen to what I say. I I dig it. So, like, you know, treat others how you would want them to treat you. Well, treat yourself like you would treat others, too. I guess, you know, that um, that always comes to mind. Yeah. All right, man. Well, that was kind of my conversation for the day. 
Anything else you want to talk about? Anything on your mind? Anything on your heart? You want to pray about it? Mm, oh, God, I'm super excited about um, the men's breakfast. Yes, that's coming up. Yes. Um, so you guys will get some messages here soon. Kevin and I are hammering out the details, and we'll get that out to you guys. And really looking forward to uh, breaking bread with a lot of you and uh, super excited that um, – there's a gentleman that's going to be sharing a few words of wisdom um, with you guys on that day. I'm very excited to hear what he has to say. Um, he was uh, very excited to be able to have that opportunity um, because um, he's just that guy. He's a good dude, good Christian man, and um, he exemplifies a lot of awesome characteristics and just a good spiritual leader and a good man, and father, and husband. Awesome guy. I'm super excited to hear what he has to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped for that as well. I'm, I'm really glad that we had that little interaction with him at church, and you brought that up, and I think that's awesome. We also, like Alex said, we're at war. We got a pretty good, um, a pretty good message coming in the works uh, next week, and we got a pretty other, another awesome dude coming on to sit down and chat with us um, just about brotherhood and things like that. So look out for that one. Men's breakfast is going to be awesome. I know that God is going to work and he's going to move, and this is only the beginning. Um, so, yeah, anything else? Yeah, I want to give a shout-out to my boy, A-A-Ron. A-A-Ron, yeah. Hey, I listened to, to the podcast, and hey. Awesome sharing your story. Loved it. I got a lot from it. It was just uh, a blessing to uh, take some time and, and listen to um, what God's doing in your life. And I'm super excited uh, to see what other things God's going to be doing in your life here soon. Dude, he's such a fun dude to sit down and talk with. He's so much. He's uh, He is just a jolly papa bear. like Super good dude. But yeah, he does have a very... Very interesting story. Um, and like we had said on the podcast, I know we only scratched the surface of, of his story. But again, yes, Aaron, thank you so much for coming out. We're going to have him on here again because you got to be a part of it. He's so much fun to like. Well, the funny pre record, post record. Like, this is such a fun conversation. Just, uh, it's funny because um, his dad's one of the billets that his dad held while he was in the Marine Corps. I, Hold, I've held that same billet, so it's super funny. That's what he said. To be like, oh, I've done the same thing. Yeah, I've basically walked in his shoes at this point. Uh, I, w- I was your, I, I was your daddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's super uh, awesome. And uh, once again, Aaron, uh, thanks for for sharing and filling in for me. I really appreciate that. Yeah, we're we're like I said, we're gonna get him on here again because I think that you need to be a part of it. And you know, it's my hope that we can start getting more dudes to come in here and not just tell their story, but just be parts of these conversations. Cause I think the more input that we can have the better, you know, everybody's got a different perspective. Everybody's got a different, uh, background of knowledge on, on whatever it is. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So again, thanks Aaron. Like Alex said, we're going to get you on again and yeah, dude. So I will go ahead and close this out with the prayer. And like I said, be on the look for, uh, Next week's episode is going to be a good one. Um, So, yeah, we'll get on with it. Our Father in heaven, 
May your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. And as always, friends, stay bold, stay courageous, stay in the word. Yo, hey, you tell them heaven is my destination. Until I reach there, I'm teaching this kingdom education. Hey, don't be scared to lay your hands on the sick. And don't be scared to cast the devil out quick. Because your obedience will unlock a miracle, though. Don't act hysterical, radical, born again fully, yes, evangelical. Hey, my commitment is consistent in my father's work. How can you say that you a Christian if you're not at work?